What's up, everyone? I'm Parth. I'm back here with Pierre and Quell. We are back for the 37th episode of the Philly Blitz pod entitled Dallas, We Hate You. Stands true. Um, been a long week, but we are here. It's Dallas week. I mean, that always gets you fired up. We're here at like 8.30 p.m. on a Friday, ready to talk some ball. How you boys doing today? Good, man. I'm good. Man. Like you said, it's been a long week. Why wow, my voice just cracked. It's been a long <laughs> week. <laughs> long week, man. Uh, big game coming up on Sunday, 425 Fox, America's Game of the Week from Philly, man. Eagles, Cowboys, bro, don't get much better than that. 97% of the nation will be watching. They specifically set it up where it's only three, four o'clock games, and the other two will only be being played in their home states. Otherwise, you will have Philly Dallas. Well, beloved dub dub, those who celebrate. Side of one and only Mark Quill Flip Owens and Dallas, you suck. We hate you. I'm absolutely stoked for Dallas week, man, as you always should be. I mean, how we feeling about the game heading into it, man? Jerry Jones says he doesn't want to poke the bear. Dak Prescott says, pour honey pour on honey him. On him. <laughs> and uh, Jerry Jones also said that uh, Tyrone Smith is going to play, even though he has some practice this week. So, um, Wait, when did, he, when did he say that? On the radio sometime this week. Today? Some, uh, sometime this week on some classic Jerry Jones, you know, bullshit, like getting on and – He does have a, a radio, a scheduled radio. Yeah, every week. So probably there. And he loves to, you know, talk about himself and the team, but – I'm feeling good, man. Um, I can't lie. Throughout the week, it's been a little, ugh, what's going to happen, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I trust these boys to take care of business, you know? Um, Dallas always, it's always a tough game because, I mean, we see the example with the commanders, right? The commanders come and they play their best game against us. And it's the same thing with Dallas, except Dallas actually has a little bit more talent and they're a competent team. So, it becomes a little bit of a challenge, right? Competent, okay. We can uh, debate about that, especially with Mike McCarthy. But, you know, save for the uh, save for the San Francisco game, they've been one of the best teams in the league. Um, you know, I was listening to uh, the, the Philly special, and uh, and that she was kind of talking about that if you remove the, uh, the Niners game from, you know, their stats and stuff, they have, like, the top offense in the league. Um, and so, you know, obviously you're removing a game and, and it's your worst game and that obviously is going to make your stats look better. Point is, is that they're not some trash team, which a lot of us kind of thought after the Niners game. We were like, all right, the Cowboys are back to earth. But thing is, is that these Cowboys somehow figure a way out too. And uh, you have to you have to respect it when you see it. So this is going to be an interesting battle. Uh, there's a lot of different positional matchups that we'll get into in a little bit that are really interesting. Um, but you know, I, 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 I like it for the Eagles. Now, you know, I, I'm saying that, and it could completely go the other way, and we could be talking about, you know, Jalen Hurts' knee and just being thankful that, you know, it didn't get any worse and that we can go into the bye week and we have the next game with the Cowboys. Definitely a possibility, um, but I think I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, and, I, and I really just hope that we can kind of secure this victory so that we can go into the bye week on a little bit of a high note because – 
you know, we've talked about it at length. This, the uh, the stretch that's coming up is not very not very kind. You want a dog? You need a church. <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm just saying. What about you guys? What are, what are you guys thinking? What are your guys' kind of thoughts on what this what this game looks like? How have you guys been feeling? Um, is it throw caution into the wind? We're winning this bitch, <laughs> or is it like, all right, you know, this is gonna be kind of a battle, or you know, or are you guys just kind of like, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this this week. So I think you take it back to what AJ Brown or AJ Brown's post game comments um, after the went over the Commanders last week, where he said it's gonna be a dog fight. Um, it's a divisional game. You know, these are two of the best teams in the NFC. Um, for me, I I'm, I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Dallas, they're second in the league in scoring. Um, I think it's, what, 28.1 points per game. The Eagles, they're literally right behind them at third with averaging a uh, flat 28 points per game. Um, you know, two of the best quarterbacks in the league in Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. Um, the receivers, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, this is – it's going to be a very competitive game. I think it'll be close. Um, I don't, I'm not overconfident, but I do think the Eagles come away with a win. You're underconfident? <laughs> Another dog in a church. No. All right, dog bad. man. What are you feeling? To be honest with you, I mean, kind of really stable. I mean, of course, as Pierre just said, like AJ said, it's going to be a dog fight. I mean, when it comes down to Eagles, Cowboys, everybody, including us, from us to the coaching staff, to the, the players, up to Jerry Jones and Howie Roseman, they understand what that game means to the season and the cities. So, of course, it's going to be something that won't be easy. At the same time, I mean, when you look at how these two teams compare, based on, I mean, just the two teams' resumes up to this point, I feel like Based on what we've seen from the Eagles so far, I mean, we continue to say week after week after week, the team continues to win, but they haven't played their best game yet, and it can only get better. And it, I mean, here we are midway through the season where, I mean, I would prefer them not to be playing their best football yet. At the same time, I mean, you would think that those little rusty mistakes that we had early on would get figured out. And I mean, granted, they, they, the offense has figured itself out for the most part outside of the whole red zone issues with the team ranks, I believe 18th. But when you, when you go into a matchup like Dallas, man, it, these two teams, they, they, they match up fairly well with each other from the quarterback play that the, the matchup at quarterback that we've been dying to see for it's so weird it's so weird like i literally i literally have that in my notes under uh biggest storylines this is the real like the first real Jalen versus death matchup i mean because they always schedule it at the end of the year it's always like or 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 in 2021 i think it was um when it was literally, it was on what Monday Night Football. Was it like the second start or something? Yeah, like third third game of the season though, right? Yeah. Yeah, or fourth. So, and I mean, that was one of Jalen's first few starts in his career. So like, like you said, this is the first real Jalen Dak game, and we. This is probably even one of the more highly anticipated matchups from these fan bases because this is something we typically don't get to get. So, 
I'm from there to the offensive line play on both sides of the ball, the defensive line play on both sides of the ball. These two teams match up fairly favorably. I think the game being in Philadelphia should mean a lot. But, I mean, typically Dallas does a good job in Philly, and Philly does a good job in Dallas. It's so stupid. It's so stupid because they both have such a home field advantage. It's another one of these weird Eagles-Cowboys things where we always just flip. We always win in Dallas. We lose in Philly. It's just like, what? (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. When was the last time the Eagles won in Philly versus Dallas? I have no idea. I know last year we went, we won the week four game in Dallas. That was the Cooper Rush game, right? Mm-hmm. I think the year before that, the Monday night football game was the the Philly game. No, that was in Monday night football. That was in Dallas. That was in Dallas? Yeah. Well, either way we put it. There's still the fact that Dak Prescott, I'm sure we've all heard his stat this week. Dak Prescott has the eight and three career record against the Philadelphia Eagles. So I mean, it's it's certainly a get the monkey off my back kind of game for Jalen Hurts. At the same time, I feel like it's the brand of football the team is playing, while it isn't the best, is good enough to beat the opponents in front of them. And we've seen that early on versus teams like Washington and we've seen it in the, the the settling portions like a team versus Miami where I mean I like we say all the time y'all this is not college football we're not here for style points a win by 30 doesn't really mean much because it's still a win a win by three doesn't mean anything because it's still a win so as the team continues to stack up wins that's the encouraging part heading for this game and speaking of the Eagles we won last year we won at home last year really yeah. Oh, yeah. The Cooper Rush. Wait, was that Cooper Rush? Eagles. Uh, yeah, 2022 Eagles um, at Philadelphia Eagles. It was Eagles 26-17 and Cowboys 40-34. to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Okay. The okay. year before, Cowboys swept us, but that's because. Yeah, that was yeah. the Jalen. Yeah, that was a bad Jalen year. And then the year before, Carson won at home as well, actually. Oh, he against did? Ben DiNucci. 23 to 9. Yeah. The Eagles went home. Carson didn't win. It has Carson Wentz in there. Let's uh let's go with Wikipedia. We I sent we I sent that I sent that, I sent that Carson Wentz highlight. Let's uh listen to this, this has been this is this is too much Carson Wentz today for my liking. You sent the Carson Wentz highlight thing in the chat, and now we're talking about Wentz listen, on the pod. Brings up Chip Kelly. Quell brings up Chip Kelly regularly, so I don't <laughs> think we have that kind of limit. Listen. He called him Dorito Kelly yesterday. Love it. <laughs> I, I decided not to respond, but I had such hatred in my heart that I kept my mouth shut. What kind of stupid name is Chip? It, 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 it's a receptacle for food. Oh. Like, are you going to name your kid Dip? Salsa? <laughs> Queso? French onion? Like, what? What kind of stupid name is Chip? Crazy. God. Look, all I'm saying is... Chip Kelly ain't leave the Eagles with the worst record in football. Chip Kelly is a war criminal. Chip Kelly d- traded Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy in their primes. Do you know how I cheered for Kiko Alonso, Quell? Yes. And see, that's the difference between Chip Kelly and Carson Wentz. 
Well, at least when Chip Kelly was there, you continued to watch those Eagles games with pride and root for those. <laughs> Did no. I? Carson, no. Watch no. those games. No, because you know, know what I remember? I remember watching those games and being like, oh, my God, we're watching the same damn four plays over and over again. <laughs> said the same thing last year with Shane Steichen. At least it worked. We're just going to throw rocks at a wall, like a brick wall, and hope to break it down. Like, what are you doing here, dude? Go back to college, Chip. God, Deshaun. Oh, God. Oh, I still remember waking up from that nap and seeing, who is Kiko Alonso? The 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 rewrite, the resonance history is crazy. It is crazy by you. It's it's no, something else. You're talking about who is he Kiko said, Alonso? You really think I watched those games with pride, Quill? I did. I woke up. I, I willingly and happily put on my Eagles gear and woke up on Thanksgiving Day to watch us get smashed by the Lions. I did. I did. And I, I, was, you, I was not excited. Probably, oh, that, my that probably, God. That was probably the saddest day of my Eagles fandom. Oh, buddy. It's like you don't understand, man. I I was literally the only my, – like my little brother, he's an Eagles fan too. I was the only one parked in front of the TV <laughs> – at 12 p.m. and everybody just walking back and forth past me trying to get ready for thanksgiving doing their little meal prep and every single time somebody walked past it's dang y'all ain't looking too good huh if you don't leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> like hey you reap what you sow as a chip kelly fan man i'm not gonna i'm not gonna show you sympathy bro i'm sorry I can't do it. I hate this chip has such a stupid face. We need to move on because I'm gonna go down a tangent, dude. I okay, I got it. I got I got a segue. Chip Kelly is on Doc Rivers level. Just 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 so I can put it out there. Doc right, Rivers level. Chip, chip, chip's worse. Chip's worse. I have to ask. Last question before we move on. Yeah. Philadelphia villain. Carson Wentz or Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, because we wouldn't have we wouldn't have a Super Bowl without Carson. I I'll, like you can't forget that like his contribution to we that. We wouldn't season. have a Super Bowl without Chip if we didn't if he didn't blow the team up and get fired and treat the people so stupid. We wouldn't have went into COVID. <laughs> that's what that's what we're going with. That, that is crazy, bro. He said if Chip wasn't such a dick, we wouldn't have. Exactly. <laughs> that's what made I'm him crying, bro. Him. You're hilarious. And, Jeffrey, like, I mean, you know what? What I mean, he, I mean, right, I mean, you're not got, wrong, but he, you're he not right. <laughs> he, he got a point. <laughs> if Chip had, if Chip had emotional intelligence, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's so whack. But if Chip Kelly knew how to talk to a human being, like, he wouldn't have a Super Bowl victory. <laughs> but. Uh, speaking of the past and the memories and things of that nature, um, just before we dive into the game, what is you guys' earliest Dallas, Eagles-Dallas memory? Earliest? Sheesh. That's a good question. I mean, earliest, the one that's more, most prominent to me, I would probably say the 44-6 Christmas Day game. Or Christmas, or was that the day after Christmas or something like that? I believe it was on Christmas because I was excited that year. I already had my Terrell Owens jersey. I just got my little Eagles hat. I had the whole fit to go together. It, like they just beat the brakes off them. It was just a bunch of happiness. Um, outside of that, 
Honestly, my best Eagles Cowboys memories typically come from holidays. I enjoy sitting in front of the TV. Like, it sucks that we just had to bring up that Thanksgiving game versus the Lions because we haven't had one since. Mm-hmm. I was talking, bro. I was talking to my little brother about that, like, what yesterday or day before yesterday. They, I feel like they banned us off of playing on Thanksgiving. No, and it's so crazy because we typically play the Cowboys so well on Thanksgiving when we play them. It's fun to watch, but that happened, and it was like, yeah. Nah, you couldn't even beat the B team, man. Although the Lions might be the A team for Thanksgiving this year, where the team look. Yeah, but um, so for me, I don't know if this is the earliest, but like you said, the most prominent. This is like what I can call to my memory right now: uh, the Deshaun Jackson two hundred and ten receiving yard game where he fell into the end zone. Oh That's man, my, yeah. I completely, you know, it reminds me of the one where he dropped the ball at the one <laughs> and, and he was so like, I will never forget how I've never seen Deshaun Jackson look so stressed in my life. And the next play after Brian Westbrook scored that touchdown, he was just so thankful. Like, yo, thank you for bailing me out, man. Thank you, man. Like, I almost ruined everything. What about you, Parth? You guys are going to make fun of me. After the conversation we just had, oh man, my most prominent Cowboys because let's try to think about it. I'm not very good at Kelly, huh? Chip Kelly, Mark Sanchez. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> the Sanchez game, dude. If you if you ask me about it, I'm not very good at remembering specific games. I don't remember them very well. But when I was like prominent Cowboys Eagles game. The Sanchez game, dude. That was unmatched. Shady with 159, Jeremy Macklin 108. Brother, I don't think you understand, like, the magnitude of that game, like, the hilariousness of that game. It's amazing. The week before Nick Foles goes down, it was against the Texans, right? Nick Foles goes down, collarbone, boom. Sanchez comes in, stresses it a little, but we squeak it out. I'm stressed the entire week because they say Nick Foles going to be out three to four weeks. We sitting at nine and three, you like three to four weeks. We ain't getting my man back to the playoffs. So at this point, I'm, but I think we like a one or two seed or we're, we're a fairly high seed in the playoffs where it's. Bro, we just talked about this yesterday. (laughs) Hold on. Thanksgiving day came. Mark Sanchez beat the living breaks off the Cowboys. 33 to 10. Son, 33 to 10. <laughs> Nobody. I sat there, and this, again, you guys know how I feel about Chip. I was in prime Chip Kelly mode. I'm sitting there like, Shh, we can do it with anybody. He didn't do it with Nick. He didn't get it with Foles. He got Mark Sanchez looking like a superhero again. What are we doing? And the next week, bro, the every next week. I don't think they want another game the rest of the season. I don't think they, no, they want one more. They want one more because his one. first two years, he his first two years he went ten and six. Bro, they missed the playoffs at ten and six. I have never been so baffled in my life. Wait, was that was that next week? That was the Seattle game, right? I think so. <laughs> Bro, yeah, no. 
Oh my gosh, man. That's a performance though, man. You guys, you guys wanted you guys wanted my favorite game, the Sanchez game. I was a huge Sanchez fan. I loved it. I loved it. Just like the vibes were immaculate. Even though it's Chip Kelly, like Sanchez, dude. Like that's what I, I love when we get him as an announcer. I love when he talks about his time. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. We love you, Mark. Like, hell yeah, brother. Do we really? Yeah. We love I, you. Absolutely. And you threw love it all away. Love is a stretch. Love is a stretch. Yeah. Shoot, brother. I love to Mark Sanchez. I would have, what Rex Ryan got, I would have got that same Mark Sanchez tattoo. Exactly. After the way he beat Dallas. And then. The listen, listen, what do we say? Dude, as Eagles fans, in our worst seasons, we say one thing. As long as you beat Dallas. Just beat Dallas. And what did Mark Sanchez do? He just beat Dallas. Folklore hero, all right? Not Nick Foles. He's no Nick Foles, but he's got a special place in my heart, the Sanchez. Anyways, all right, so I think that's biggest storylines, right? Um, well, we talked about how, you know, we haven't really had a good Jalen and Dak game. That's, you know, interesting. You have, you know, Trevon is gone. That's always the big connection with – all the boys on the Eagles, especially the Bama boys. I'm here to tell you guys later, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just saying in terms of storylines, because they're all tight from Bama. Um, I got one. Kevin Byer, his first home game. And also, he's, I guess, I don't think it's a stretch to say, in, what, two career games against Dak, he's picked them off three times. He's a bit of a cowboy killer. And a Philly Bull, so yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna hit the star. I need it. How oh, I need it. That's a that's a really good stat here. That's a really good stat. I need it. And, and, and inject the Kevin Byer interception in the first home game in my brains. I need that, buddy. The way that link would go crazy. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, you already know. It's first of all, like I said, it's. Fox 425 America's Game of the Week Eagles Cowboys the Lincolns the Lincolns gonna be rocking. Well, since we're here, man, guess we can jump into the game a little bit. Where you yeah, guys um, start on the Eagles offensive front or the Eagles? well, we can we just to first uh, touch on the injuries. Um, the Eagles, I think, what well, yeah today it was a, the deadline is what four o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah. played out. Yeah, they ruled out Cam Jurgens, Bradley Roby, Boston Scott, and uh, Grant Calcaterra. Then on the Dallas side of things, only two guys. He just played. Um, all, all week has been listed as a personal matter, so I'm not sure what's going on. I don't want to speculate on that. Yeah, but um, right. yeah, for Dallas, like I said, it's just two guys. They're starting left tackle, Tyron Smith. He has a neck injury. He's questionable. Um, he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, and he was limited today on Friday. And his backup, I don't want to butcher his name, Chuma Edoga. He's also questionable with the ankle injury. But um, according to what you said earlier, part, it's looking like Tyron Smith is going to play. Not me, Jerry Jones. So Jerry Jones said, if Jerry Jones says it, it happens. If your knees hurt, Tyron, get up, buddy. Jerry said you're playing. We need you on that field, brother. <laughs> get up there, brother. That's the finest doctor waiting in that locker room. Jerry said that you're playing. You better get your ass out there. Get him ready. Um, Albert O's playing this week, too, though. Which is uh, which is exciting, you know. Got him from the Broncos. Didn't he? Didn't he have a good game on us against the Broncos? Am I remembering yeah. correctly? He scored a touchdown. 
Yeah, yeah. He had like almost 100 yards or something like that. You cook Nate Gary. Yeah. Um, but he, he's playing this week, you know, for a tight end room that has a lot of solid guys besides Dallas and not exciting guys, you know, per se. Hey, um, man, I like to think Grant was pretty exciting. And Grant did his part, but he can't, like, I mean, both these guys are one-dimensional. Stoll can block, Calcaterra is a receiver. So Still stuck in the same spot with Alberto. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Alberto has a size, right? So Calcaterra is a little bit smaller. Calcaterra, or Alberto has a size where you can talk yourself into him learning how to become a blocker because of the size, which is a, is a, is a tale as true as time. Um, you know, everyone always thinks, Oh, it's the, it's the um, Tobias Fume game meme where he's like, it doesn't work for anybody else, but maybe it can work for us. Yeah. Uh, whatever that thing is. Albert O can't block. Albert O ain't never met Jeff Stalin. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's just, that's a, that's a fun little storyline as well. Uh, the backup, uh, backup tight end storyline, so real sicko kind of stuff, but um, could be exciting. You know, he's been on the roster for a while. We just haven't gotten to see him. So um, it'll be interesting to just see what he does because that also kind of tells you what the coaching staff thinks of him and, uh, you know, w- what they're kind of thinking because we have, you know, obviously no idea. Um, but anything else in terms of storylines? Are we good to move on to offense? First defense. We can we can move on. All right. So let's talk some Eagles offense versus Dallas defense. Put the offense on the field. You know, that's my mantra every time you see you see what the Eagles do after the coin toss, whether it's offense or defense, put the insert spot here on the field. Since we're going with the offense first, man. What I'm interested to see for this Eagles offense. Versus this Cowboys defense starting right away. You got to start with the matchup on the outside, man. These two all-star receivers that we had coming off great games. Devonta Smith coming off what we hope to be a bounce-back performance based on his performances early on in the season. A.J. Brown coming off an NFL record sixth straight game of 125 receiving yards. The second consecutive game in which he's put up two touchdowns on the Washington Commanders. Now, you look on the opposite side of the ball, and I mean, yeah, I joked with us earlier about Stephon Gilmore being washed, but Dallas, as we said, Pierre, Dallas is playing man coverage at either the first or the second highest rate in the in league right now. And they was doing, they was for certain the, the number one team in that metric before Trayvon Diggs went down. Now, Trayvon Diggs went down, you would think that some of that would drop off a bit. Well, insert Deron Bland, who has been a heaven sent for this Dallas Cowboys team. I'm here to tell you, Deron Bland has been balling. He had not only has three pick sixes on the season, which is one away from an NFL record, but he has four interceptions in general, including one last week against the Rams, which I think was a pick six. Yeah, and he has he has a, a 23% rating when he's targeted. So Deron Bland is playing really really good football right now for the Dallas Cowboys on the outside so I don't think they will be afraid whether the matchup is Smitty or Brown I mean to give us some context about how well that not just Brown but also Gilmore has played last week they played against the Rams teams who I like to think we all think Cooper Cup and Pook and the Pool are really freaking good well combined last week 
they got targeted 17 times, only had seven receptions and was just under 65 yards. That's both of them as a group. So they had no success. I mean, it goes to show why the Rams went down early. I mean, of course, it has to be mentioned that Matt Stafford ended up, ended up with an injury at some point. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what point in the game that it happened, so maybe that played a part, but doesn't take away from the great job that that, that secondary did against that tremendous receiving core. So it, it automatically starts there. Now, with that being a problem, it rotates down to where if you're going to take away our receivers or our two good receivers, nothing. Sorry, Julio, you still good, bro. You're eleven, man. You, you eating, man? Yeah. Shout out Julio or Julio for that catch. Yeah, man, that happened right in front of my face, man. Oh, I awesome. boat, and I was like, oh my god, I fanboyed. I'm not going to lie to you. I was in my I was in my living room like Julio. <laughs> be able to do that for your own team. I mean, it, it was pretty awesome. That, that that was awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, you're good, man. So you're great. Any anything for NFL legend. Oh yeah, you know it. But if they're gonna take away our top two targets and our receivers, it's worth noting that the Cowboys allow a, a 114 rating when targeting tight ends. So this could be a potential Dallas Goddard game. I mean, if you look back last week. Rams had a quality, they did a quality job targeting tight ends. Now, again, offense production wasn't as good, but again, just something to keep in mind. Now, when you think about the defensive line of the Dallas Cowboys, Michael Parsons, six sacks on the seasons. You always got to start with Michael Parsons. But the Cowboys have 18 sacks in total, and they do a tremendous job of getting pressure on the quarterbacks. I think they lead. The NFL in pressure rate on quarterback at 46.7%, actually. And the most important thing of this is they, I think they're third or fourth in the league in blitz percentage. Team blitzes on 37.2% of its plays, which is important given that five of Jalen Hurts' eight interceptions on the season have come against the blitz. Now, last week against Washington, it's a completely different story because Jalen Hurts was 8 of 12 with two touchdowns against the Blitz. So clearly it was something working there. But just to give you a little bit of the spiel of the Dallas offense on my front, I mean Dallas defense on my front. So for me, um, and this is something me and Quayle touched on uh, before we started recording, um, Michael Parsons, of course, everything on the Dallas defense, at least on their defensive line, starts with him. Um, last year uh, in the game against Dallas, or in one of the games against Dallas, they were able to slow him down a lot. Um, and they did this by using, utilizing a lot of the RPO game and, you know, putting him in conflict or, you know, isolating him and, you know, running right at him, making him, you know, like I said, the conflict defender. Um, this year, as, you know, we all know, Ryan Johnson, he hasn't utilized RPOs as nearly as half as much as Shane Stites did last year. Um, with that in mind, how exactly do we slow down Michael Parsons this week? With what is in you guys' opinion? What's what's and if I could add to you, I'm sorry, Pierre, if I could yeah. add just how much of the RPO since we're speaking on the, the lack of RPOs, and it's extremely interesting given Brian Johnson came from the college game and how prevalent RPOs are at the college. Florida's game. offense that year was made up of RPOs. Exactly. Like so given how prevalent he he ran them and how often they ran from where he's coming from, how much of the RPOs and them being missing, do you think it's a Shane Spiking issue? Or do you think it's just something that the team wanted to take a step back from this year? 
I mean, I think it has to be a, it was it had to be a Shane Steichen thing because Brian Johnson's calling the offense this year and they're not doing it as much. I mean, yeah, but I also I, I also think it also Brian Johnson's dealt with a Jalen Hurts injury of a type that Shane Steichen didn't have to deal with. Shane Steichen got one almost end of the season and it was a shoulder injury and non-throwing shoulder. Brian Johnson is dealing with Jalen Hurts with a knee injury. Yeah. I think that changes the equi- equation just baseline. Yeah. Um, I just think with e- even though RPO can include the running back, I just think, you know, in the sense that an RPO can kind of go to shit very quickly and then you want to depend on your quarterback's legs, um, I think they, maybe they've stayed away from it. Now, maybe it's also by design. I don't know. You know, maybe it just could be something else. But to me, when you ask about how do we win this game, what are we supposed to do, I think the blueprint has already been laid out. We played a game against the best D tackle of a generation, and he didn't record a stat. He, he didn't record a stat. The key has always been to run it right at them. It's, it's always been the key, especially with Micah, who is a great pass rusher, is a great run defender, but especially against our old line, Micah has had a lot of quiet games. Now, Micah gets his, you know, he'll get a sack, you know, he'll, he'll have like a, a couple of splash plays because he's a good player in and of himself. But Eagles have found success because our point of attack is so strong. If we have well, Lane healthy, huh? I'm so curious to ask. I like I, I wanted to mention this when you guys were speaking earlier when you said the 49ers was the only questionable game. And of course we know the Cowboys have more than just that loss, but the the 49ers Shout out Jonathan Gannon. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I was just about to That's get insane, to my but guy. yeah, okay. I was just about to get to my guy. Um you love all the worst coaches, dude. What the hell, Quo? John McGann and John McGann. Oh, my God, dude. Like, you think you know a guy. Like, you think, but like, I don't know, dislike him as much as you guys do. Oh, my God. Like, I like to think uh, any coach would have been successful with the personnel he had. So, like, if we had Shane, I mean, Sean Desai with that personnel, we'd be, you know what I'm saying? We'd, win the, we'd, we'd have won the Super Bowl if Sean Desai was the coordinator. Because argue. he's not interviewing in Arizona like a piece of shit. I won't argue God. against that. But wow, the the San Francisco game did expose them in terms of probably not being among the NFC's elite. It depends on how you view the team, and that's why this game is so important for them. But the one game I always date back to when I think about the Cowboys, and I mean, granted, I know they had injuries along the offensive line, but that is what sticks out to me when they lost to the Cardinals. What sticks out to me is the fact that the Cardinals had 203 yards rushing on the ground that day. They allowed the Arizona Cardinals team that should be at or near the top of the league in the NFL draft to rush for 200 yards with a backfield that has been limitedly productive, even prior to James Conner's injury. So in big, at that point, I kind of figured they was going to lose the 49ers game because I thought that that game was going to play a factor in it. Not that saying that 49ers was going to run the ball down their throat because the 49ers beat them with the pass, but they was going to make Dallas overcommit to the run game. So it always made me wonder. And I mean, of course, when I, all the stats that I spoke about Dallas earlier on, I mean, they're true and the defense is really good in itself. It, it can't get lost, the teams that they played. They beat up on a, a couple of bad quarterbacks. So it's easy for some of those stats. Like, it's easy for your pass rush to look better than it possibly is. Right right now, it could possibly be the best in the NFL. Now, is it really that? I'm not sure. But yeah, 
when it comes to the rushing yards, I mean, it's a, it's a great point, and it is what we need to focus on. And like you said, with the Niners, they focused on stopping the run, and so they were able to take advantage of the pass. Um, it's going to be interesting for the Eagles because our running game has started to struggle. You know, without Jalen, without the calculus of having Jalen Hurts. And without Palestine, man. I agree. You know, I agree. You know, get him in there. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Stonewall Steen. That's a good-ass name. That's a, fire, that's a fire nickname. Yeah, it's great. That's great. But together, they Stonewall Johnson. <laughs> hey, yo. That's good, man. That's good. Um, but look, my point is, is um, Josh Dobbs is a huge aspect of Arizona getting those yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and not having Jalen is going gonna, is gonna to affect things. So I, the Eagles – this doesn't sound crazy. Eagles offensive line is a little like is a little bit like Tobias Harris. In that if you get Tobias Harris into, you know, a rhythm, let him get some easy shots. Let him get up there. Let him get his confidence going for the game. Yes, I can dig it. He's gonna he's gonna be a contributor all game and he's gonna give you 20, 25 points, and you can depend on him. But if you start off the game just ISO to Joe every play. You know, Tyrese just shoot the ball, whatever, and don't get the ball to 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 uh to Tobias. He's gonna be cold. And I, he's gonna, I, I, yeah. I completely agree. And just kind of pitching back on what you said earlier, Pierre. Like honestly, that was a great, a great analyzation of it, Par. Because when you think about the game last year and like how you said they kind of made Micah the focal point, they let the offensive line be the yeah. strong point. They told them go get after them and go win this game. And we're going to take him out. Like, don't worry about him. We'll handle him. Y'all just go get after them. They love that. Too. If you want to get back into it. a drop back game and have some of these offensive linemen one-on-one with that that pass rush, it probably won't be the best situation for you. So that I, I can definitely agree with that, with Carson. Yeah, so. Um, the lineman. So just the, uh, the point I was going to make, it's just a stat that I uh, have pulled up here. Um, and just in, in reference to what you guys were saying about uh, Dallas's rush defense and, you know, being able to run the ball on them, their defensive rush success rate is at 42.7%. That ranks 27th in the entire NFL. So they can be had on the ground. And, and it's, it's so funny you say that because, like, they literally allow 3.6. Like, we both as a team allow 3.6 rushing yards per carry. And... When you watch the Eagles rush defense, which is the best in football right now, it's like you can feel it. We said it earlier, a wasted down when you watch this team and you run the ball against it. Versus that Cowboys team, it doesn't exactly feel the same way, but it kind of goes back to what I said. When you beat up on bad teams that can't really run the ball and they got to throw the ball to make some of these stats look a lot better, man. So I I don't think we've truly seen exactly – what the Cowboys defense is. That's a really good point. And I think it's something that people also have tried to bring up about the Eagles in the past. So it can go either way. You know, they could show up and be all about the smoke, you know, be everything that people have talked about and, and all that type of thing. And it can go the other way too, right? And the traditional Cowboys route, right? <laughs> um, but But I think you're totally right. This is a fairly untested Cowboys team. You know, they've had like one big test and it also happened to be one of the best teams in the league, probably the best team in the NFC behind us. Um, 
you know, that's going to skew your results a little bit. So we're going to see this team. Dak is playing with a lot of confidence again, which is, you know, just as, as a fan of Dak as a person, it's good to see. Because Dak's a good dude, and it sucked to just see him, like, you know, down. Pierre shook his head. Dak's a good dude. He's annoying. He's corny. He's stupid. That's he's a good he dude. He's a wild aspect to him, but I, I respect yeah. a lot about Dak, especially the mental health thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I appreciate about him. He's come back from a lot. I mean, you know, those those types of things, I always respect that. Um, but I, I just, I want to beat Dak, bro. Like, for real. We have our team. We have everything. I want to, like, I just want this damn Cowboys victory without an asterisk next to it. You I know? feel you. All right. So, moving on. You know, we talked about the offense, Eagles offense versus Dallas defense. Let's talk about the opposite. Dallas offense versus Eagles defense. Um. Dak's been playing well. I mean, we just talked about him um, and, uh, and and in the fact that, you know, we get to play him. They've been playing well. Um, C.D. Lamb has been playing really well um, in, in addition. And, uh, you know, their, their running game has just kind of not been there. You know, it's kind of funny. You know, the year they get rid of Zeke, their running game just falls off, even though he's just kind of been washed for years. It's just kind of funny the way those things kind of work. Um, Relax, Ohio State guy. All right. Okay. He's I he's watching things when he was a cowboy, but he's not there anymore. Do we have to speak so negatively? <laughs> he's like, my boy is free now. He's he, he's on the Patriots. Much better. Like I'm enjoying life with Zeke right now, man. Didn't I, he almost got traded? That would have been interesting. But anyways, the point is is Dak to CD has been damn near unstoppable. Dak to everyone else has not happened at all. Has been mediocre as hell. Yeah. Like, so, Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. Ja- oh, yes. Jake Ferguson is our second league tight end. Shout out, coach, right? Michigan, Michigan, or Michigan grad, right? Oh, Jake Ferguson. Brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gosh, man. Why do we have to go there? Shout out <laughs> hey, at least that means I'm right about it. But yeah, Jake Ferguson is our second leading receiver as tight end. So, um, the thing about both those guys is that CeeDee Lamb has the inside, inside outside versatility. Um, they play him a lot inside. They like him inside, inside. especially with Brandon Cooks and Gallup on the outside. And Jake Ferguson, obviously, as a tight end, plays in the middle. The Eagles, as a defense, really struggle covering the middle of the field. So, <laughs> yes. what, what are your guys' thoughts? They do. What's, what's your guys' analysis? I can't remember what game. It might have been last game. Nah, I could have sworn it was the game I watched. It was the Dolphins game. That's what it was. And I sat there and watched that game, and I texted you guys, and I'm like, yo, the middle of both of these defenses freaking suck. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is open right there on both sides of the ball. What is going on? But just getting into some of the Dallas aspect, I mean, I talked a lot about what, the, the the Philly offense did last week and how it, it continues to come into a bit of its own. Well, it's a similar story over there with, with Dallas. Last week, Dak Prescott coming off uh, a 300-yard full-touchdown performance of his own. Granted, he had an interception. That's where the separation comes in, but go birds. Um, <laughs> the first 300-yard game of the season for the Cowboys, actually, which is kind of why I say, like, the offense continues to come into its own. As you mentioned, Parf, CeeDee Lamb has been playing a really good brand of football lately, and it hasn't always been like that. 
like a few weeks back. I don't know if you remember, but they had to speak about how Dak had to go to CD and was basically like, I need you, man. Stay engaged, stay encouraged. I'm going to get you involved. I need you to let me know what you need me to do, basically. Quarterback trying to get his wide receiver back in the, the swing of things. And it, it's worked over the last few weeks. But I was kind of saying this to Pierre before we got on where the kind, the Dallas offense in itself has been a work in progress. We we speak about the CD thing, who in itself, just like AJ, while he may not be on the streak that AJ's on, CD's coming off a game, two receptions, 158 yards, two touchdowns of his own. So, Clark goes to show you how well he's been playing. But with the Cowboys' offense, they how I explained it to Pierre at first was it's like over the first six weeks of the season or so, five, if I'm being generous, it's like Mike McCarthy pulled out his old Green Bay Packers playbook, <laughs> did it off and said, all right, let's get back to work, bellies. And the offense was not modern at all, nowhere near modern. It looked like a bunch of old route concepts that probably would have been effective 10 years ago, but there was nothing really – helping his quarterback. It wasn't any clear out routes. It wasn't anything productive. You could look at some of the interceptions that Dak threw. And I know we like to make fun of Dak and the interceptions and things like that, even though that Dak Prescott prior to last year had the lowest career NFL, like the lowest interception rate in NFL history. But whatever. Um, we, we like to make fun of the Dak interceptions and all, but a lot of that this year was really – of course, a play calling. And it was a lot of them getting on the same page, a lot of them uh, of Mike trying to figure out his quarterback where he likes, I got it kind of like the same thing Dak did to CD. Mike had to do the same thing to him. But if you watch the Dallas like Cowboys offense from last week, not only did they continue to get CD Lamb the ball, which was, should have been priority number one, but you can see the modernization of it continue to come into fold. Point one being the fact that if you watch the Cowboys through the first six weeks, they did limited to no motions per game. Like everything, what you saw pre-snap is what you was going to get. Versus last week against the Rams, they ran an absurd amount of motions, doing things to get CeeDee Lamb in positions to catch the football in places where he wanted to be. Like just doing smart, modern NFL football things. and. I like to think the offense continues to develop. Like, I think back half of the season, Dak Prescott should continue to be really good. Like, the second, when we come to talk about the second Eagles Cowboys matchup, we'll have a completely different tone of how we're speaking on Dak Prescott with, because I expect him to be that much better. But what you guys think ahead into the game, man? Um, so a lot of what Washington did last week against the Eagles and um, in terms of them having success is a lot of what Dallas does in terms of the quick passing game. Um, and you know, we are, I mean, 2.61 seconds is crazy, bro. Yeah. Like, how do you defend that? And like we talked about before we started recording, my thought process, thought, thought process would be to, you know, get up on the line and press the receivers, but you know, like everyone has said, Eagles cornerbacks, more so James Bradbury and Darius Slay, in my opinion, have seemed to, I don't want to say taking a step back, but they 
they just aren't, I'd say they aren't playing up to the standard that they played at last year. Um, so for you guys, or in you guys' opinion, how do you curb that? What is, what's the solution to that? To that point, I think it's, it's difficult because Bradbury's been getting exposed. Slay hasn't been playing great, but I think Bradbury's plays look worse because he consistently tries to make a play on the ball. You know, one of the big receptions yesterday was because he just mistimed it. it or not yesterday, but Sunday was because he mistimed it, and then, you know, the receiver caught the ball and was able to get yardage after that. Um, I think he's got to be a little bit more conservative, but I get what he's trying to do, right? And so it, it's, a, it's a tough line to kind of play in between. I, uh, I, I, it'll be interesting. Uh, I hope to see some sort of, you know, adjustment for CD more than anything. Just don't let a linebacker be on him more than anything. Buddy, I'm here to tell you if he's in the slot, we're going to see that. And yeah, but I, I also know. And it's, it's always Zach Cunningham, bro. It is. We yeah. see Zach Cunningham in coverage a lot. I think he likes, I think he likes Cunningham's. Blankenship? Yeah, he li- I think he likes Cunningham's wingspan. Blankenship hasn't been great in coverage either, to be fair. So let me, okay, so. so quality, man coverage, dog food. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying in man. I'm talking about in man. That's where you don't want to see it. But if there's one thing I trust about this guy is that he is willing to make adjustments. I mean, this guy's the opposite of Gannon in where he's literally just seeing what the hell works. He's like, we don't have anyone. Throw everything. And let's and I think, And I think we saw some of that last week when they went into their big nickel packages and we saw Sidney Brown in the slot. We yeah. saw Kevin Byron in the slot. And Eli Ricks Eli, Yeah, Elias Ricks in the yeah. slot. No, yeah, I was just saying, he, he's willing to give you a chance. If you mm-hmm. show up in practice, you will go out there and play. Eli Ricks is a UDFA, bro. Like, this is this is nothing. Tyreek Hill, one-on-one. One-on-one, bro. Like, one-on-one. He'll trust you. It's, it, it's if these guys go out there and make the play. So I, I trust him to adjust. Um, but the only thing is, is like, look, I've been this guy's biggest supporter. For the longest time, I told Quell, I was like, if there's one thing he'll do is is he'll adjust. And I appreciate that about him. I love that about him. But you don't always have time to adjust. And you cannot let them just get up on top and be too far ahead before you adjust. Now, we usually see an adjustment by the end of the first quarter. And I appreciate that. At least it doesn't take until halftime. Um, or sorry, end of the second quarter. Through the second quarter, you start seeing some halftime, some adjustments. Um, but don't let them get up too much and then be like, all right, we need to change some shit. You know, just like be ready for the counterpunch is I think is my what point. happened last week can't happen this week. Yeah, dude, I, look, this guy is my guy, but the enemy has his number, dude. Two games in a row. It's the same damn spots. He's hitting the middle of the field. I don't know what it is. This guy seems to know all the buttons to press for like most it's, other it's, OCs. It's like it's, times to blitz everything perfectly. But the enemy, my knowledge of it from what I've seen on tape, watching them two mm-hmm. go against each other, Washington has specifically because again, Sam Howe is the most sacked quarterback in football. He doesn't typically get rid of the football that fast. They have emphasized playing Philadelphia, getting rid of the ball. Like that's something that a lot of teams may end up doing, emphasizing, "Hey, just get rid of the ball fast. Let our let let your your weapons." I mean, granted, when you watch the Chiefs in the Super Bowl last year, that was how you beat the team. Granted, it's a, a, a sort of different scheme, but still kind of a lot of the same principles with 
they play a lot of zone coverages, which is exactly what I was just about to ask you guys. Like, Dak Prescott has always been really good against zones. So does it concern you? Like, I mean, I've did my fair share complaining about Asai and his man coverage calls throughout the season, but that might be the move this week. And like, it, it, I feel like the team has to, the defense specifically has to play their best game of the year. They played really well against Miami and they had to, but it's a damn if you do, damn if you don't type of thing. You could play the man coverage and you could try to take away the receivers, but I mean, they got weapons. This isn't a bad Cowboys offense. I think it starts up. I think it starts up front. Um, yeah. Defensive line. You have to get pressure on Dak early and often. Um, Hassan Reddick, uh, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter. They're gonna have to get after Dak early and often, man. Because you know, like we talked about the secondary, or at least the outside corners. Um, it seems like they've taken a step back. Uh, getting pressure on him early is gonna, you know. It's, it's it's important. It's gonna there needs to be an onus on that. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, get after him quickly. You know that's gonna be the key. That's the key with this Eagles team. The way that Howie Roseman wanted to build it, it's built around the trenches. The trenches have to show up quickly. You know you can't um, you can't wait super long because this game can get out of reach really freaking fast. If you allow the Cowboys to score at will, this game won't be like the last couple games where Hassan Reddick can come get his sack in the fourth quarter, which is hella badass, dude. I mean, he is one of the he's making a, he's making a name out of it. It is it's crazy, bro. He's one of the most he's actually like statistically one of the most clutch players. One of the most clutch players statistically in the NFL. Fourth quarter comes, they need a sack, Hassan Reddick makes it. And it's gotten to the point where like, yo, when you watch this happen. He's making a damn good argument as to you gotta you have to bring me back, bro. Like you can't let Hassan walk ready. I, I, I agree. I've been in the same position. Cause I mean, every time like some guys have it. You know what I'm saying? We talked about it with Jalen when we were when well, you and I were on P's and Q's. We talked about Jalen has it, you know. You have to you hate saying it because it's so like in it's such an intangible thing. Hassan Reddick has that. Fourth quarter comes around, you need a sack, and everyone's thinking, here comes Hassan Reddick. And for the people who can't see the video, the thumbs up to the thumbs down, man. I mean, it's like clockwork. So appreciate that you can do that. Get after him early. Make him uncomfortable. Because the one thing with Dak is if you can make him uncomfortable, you're going to make him timing. He's a timing quarterback, too, the same way Tua is, right, where – Dak is a little bit more in terms of, like, he doesn't necessarily throw to space all the time, but Dak is also a space thrower. He is a timing guy. If you can throw off the timing, you can throw off that offense. But that is also easier said than done. But that's why I want to see, you know, the D-line get after it. And again, I'm not again, but to specify, the D-line. I don't want to see having to blitz because this eye is willing to blitz. You and I up here have talked about how much we love to blitz and all that kind of thing. Dak Prescott is number one in the league against the blitz. Last year, Dak Prescott was number one in the league against the blitz. So he's really good at filling the space, knowing where their extra rusher is coming from, keeping his head, and getting positive yardage out of it. So the key becomes being able to keep all seven of your guys in coverage and being able to just rush with four and, and finding success with it. So. 
this is going to come to a come down to a D-line game. Now we know Tyrone Smith is injured. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat who had 12 pressures last week. Josh Sweat is is also one of these guys who's just he might underrated, Sweat, man. Yeah, I'm about to say Josh Sweat might be the most underrated player on the Eagles roster. I agree, so. man. I agree because yeah. he does not get the nationwide love that Hassan does because Hassan absolutely deserves it. But Josh Sweat is a run defender and in and out every week. My man has showed up, bro. We we are what week eight now. He's he he he's shown up every single week. I'm sorry, week I said it's nine now, but we eight. No, nah, yeah, nah, week nine, and I mean Josh Sweat has been consistent, and we've been talking about the Josh Sweat season for a long time, and uh, this feels like it, and even last year felt like it. So Josh Sweat is really an ascending and exciting player, like you said, Quell. I hope we can keep the D line together, man, because. The combo we have is just nuts, dude. It's like, all right, damn, you dealt with the first line. Here comes the second line, and they're fresh, and they got damn good. Pa- Brandon Graham is our third pass rusher. Like, or that's a pretty damn good position to be in, you know. And uh, side note, the second half of the season, I'd really like to see some more Nolan Smith snaps. Yes. Um, I know yeah. Derek Barnett is still, you know, here in the building. You know, he wanted to get traded doesn't maybe it'll happen who knows uh well no sorry i'm sorry the trade deadline passed i'm thinking about nba i knew one of them was was flipped um but he's here all right play but get nolan smith some reps too you know kids got so some quick, juice. Quick, quick question quick question then i have one more point before we put a bow on it does Derek barnett record a stat this week no no has he recorded a sack this season like no, that. I didn't say sack. I said stat. Like, like oh, a single stat. 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 Like tackle, yeah. sack, assistant yeah. tackle. Anything. I think you'll have an assisted tackle. Yes. I think you can always count on a D lineman to have an assisted tackle, especially a guy like Derek, who's always going to go and hit the pile no matter what, even if the play is over. He'll get the tackle. Spoken as a man who played that way himself. That's the one. That's the one. You go in and ex- express your dominance, all right? You make them the pause, but it's what coaches say all the time make them feel you. It's, it's, a, it's a huge pause situation, but, you know, you got to make them feel you, you know. <laughs> That's going to be another part Pierre cuts out. But, uh, make them feel you. Cam and Mason changed the game. Oh, <laughs> make them feel you was crazy. Your <laughs> shock is insane. Bro. I wasn't going to say it. I was letting it roll, but that is crazy. Hey, coach, coaching speak is insane, bro. I remember my coach telling me that, and I just, like, you know, like your coach is like yelling at you, showing you film, and like the side eye. We're just like, "Hey, what yo. did you just say, bro? Like, did you, did you, did you really just say that shit?" <laughs> but no, man. Um, just to put a bow on it, um, you know, you talked about uh, pressure and not needing to blitz and the defensive line getting home and things of that nature. Um, I think the the overall key is for them is just to muddy the picture for him. Um, him being Dak Prescott. Yeah. Even if you don't blitz, you know, simulate some pressures. Walk guys up on the defensive line. Make him think. Make, you know, give him a, a look pre-snap and shift it into something different post-snap. Muddy the picture for him. Make him think. That's my biggest thing. That's a great point. Well, before we get out of here, you know me. I'm obligated to drop my little two cents in, my little minus stats. If you betting people, you guys should probably take some notes. Probably should smash the over on this game. Eagles defense, Eagles cornerbacks haven't been playing specifically well. 
Eagles are susceptible to the middle of the field. Honestly, everything Dallas does well on offense bodes well for this matchup, with the exception of Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is probably the only one that don't, won't have a good game. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. It sucks because I just celebrated the, uh, my Deontay Johnson anniversary. Him finally getting into the end zone after what a year plus? I think Ben Roethlisberger was the last quarterback to throw him a, a, a touchdown before this. Has it been that right. Tony too? It's been that while. And like, and it's crazy because he had 102 targets. I mean, he had 102 receptions last year. 102 receptions and no touchdowns is crazy. But Tony Pollard is next on this list, man. I think he's had well over 100 attempts, no touchdowns on the season. When was the last time he had a touchdown? Do you know, my do you know the last time he had a touchdown? Was it against us? I can't tell you. I'll, I'll be able to. Uh, I'll have an answer for y'all by the time the podcast gets released. I'm I'll looking it up it, right now, bro. I'll put it in the quotes. But if again, if y'all betting men smash the over, that Crescent has had three passing touchdowns against the Eagles in each of his last, I'd like to think, three or four games. I'm not sure if he's going to get to three, but I know two is a guarantee. Same for Jalen. Smash that two. Um, all right. He had two touchdowns against the Giants this year. Who that? No, no, oh, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Hey, receiving touchdowns or rushing? Rushing. I checked receiving. No, it's, it was rushing. So he must have had. Uh, but I mean, you you look at his stats, bro. It is a ton of zeros. Well, it, it probably it probably ain't carries, but you know he's a pass catcher too. Yeah, no, he absolutely. We had a hundred opportunities without a score. Of course. Oh no, no, no. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I knew that Tony Pollard had been one of those guys with a ton of carries, and especially like uh, when Zeke was in town too, because Zeke got all the goal line carries. Thing, man, Tony had his fair share of touchdowns last year. That's what made them comfortable for me, letting Zeke go. And then it's like you're doing all the other stuff, but scoring points. That's literally why we let Zeke go. And now all they stuck with is Rico Dow, which is why they why Jake Ferguson has a hunt gets all the red zone targets. Cause somebody has to get the ball down there. So your prop is the Dak Prescott over on passing touchdowns, or at least over one point five. Yeah. I'm about to say I got some number is. Smash the over on the game in general. Smash the over on both quarterback passing touchdowns. You could probably smash the over on AJ Brown and the CD Lamb re- uh, receiving yards. I don't know about reception. I like to think both teams are going to try to do something to take them away, but both players should have explosive plays. I think I'd go targets on AJ. I agree. I agree with Pierre, but it depends on the line. Because my line, I didn't get to talk about it that much, but I'd, I'd bet the over on Devontae Smith yards. Um, I think this might be one of them games where he bounced back to the world. Which you mean? Like I said, I mean, it depends on the matchup he draws. So that's what that's what I was about to say. Because you could see the Belichick, you know, put your number two corner on your number one receiver and double him, and then put your number one corner on your number two receiver. Um, we got two number ones, then, though. Huh? We got two number ones, though. That's that's exactly what I was about to say. Devontae Smith is not like your average number two receiver where if you're able to press him, he's going to get rattled. Devontae Smith thrives in press, actually. Um, so I, I, I think, uh, you know, 
one of these teams is gonna just make it their mission to not let AJ Brown beat them. It's getting to that point now. I wasn't sure if last week was gonna be it. Because I know teams just like you're so big about like listen, listen, say it, say it, Pierre. Say it. What 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 uh go? No. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't think you have the facilities for that because he said we don't we don't have the capacity. Oh, <laughs> They ain't had, they ain't got the capacity to do that over in Washington yet. No, I, I agree, I agree. But but one of these teams is going to be like AJ Brown's not going to continue to break the record on this. Like it's just, it's going to be one of those football guy things where they're like, they can beat us any other way they want, but he won't, he won't continue to break that record on us on our guys. And I it's, mean, it, but if we're being real though, which is a, a sort of concerning side of the offense, but. Ain't nothing a concern until it's a concern in my ass. It's never a problem until it's a problem. But it's going to get a team that gets there because it's getting to a point where that's how we're beating everybody. Oh, absolutely. And so that's my uh, feeling. I have a feeling. That said the Eagles had they, – they joked and said the Eagles have two plays, throw it deep to A.J. Brown. And they all run the ball or push-push. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you, Quell, and that's my point. That's why I'm saying I would maybe bet the over on Devontae Smith because I feel like this could be the game. Cowboys, you have the personal aspect of it. You can't underrate that aspect of it. It's stupid. It's a human thing, but humans are stupid. And the sooner you understand that, the better. Second, we like Dan Quinn is the type of DC where he has his guys ready to play. He doesn't want the he's not a guy who's gonna be like worried about a record, but he's gonna be worried about, well, this is what the Eagles do. This is how they find success. We're going to try to stop it. But Dan Quinn also one of them guys where he kind of stubborn in his own way. And he does True. what he likes to do. He going he gonna to play. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's – no, I, I totally agree with you. And so that's why I, where I'm kind of stuck, where I'm like, maybe it could be a Devontae game. Maybe Dan Quinn sticks in his thing. But we also know that Dan Quinn changed from, you know, Mr. Seattle, we run things Legion of Boom way to, you know, working to find a way to make it work with the Cowboys. You know, so – Dan Quinn post uh, Atlanta is not afraid to adjust. Um, and so I just think it's going to be an interesting matchup to to kind of keep your eye on. But if they do make it their mission to make A.J. Brown's life difficult, I still think A.J. Brown's going to get his to an extent. It's really tough to shut down a guy like A.J. Brown who has literally everything you look for in a receiver. Um, but uh, – I, I, I think uh, I, I think Devonte Smith can uh, can get his this game, and I think he's due. It's been a while. We haven't gotten a Devonte Smith game. He did it against the Cowboys once. So, so give me a prop. Uh, I, over on Devonte Smith. Aren't you listening, Pierre? You're texting me to wrap it up. No, you said behind the scenes. Pierre's hearing me. Give my picks, try my best to help out the people, the kind listeners with the picks. And he's like, we gotta wrap it up. Take it from the top. <laughs> oh, like you didn't you didn't officially say your prop. You just said No, it, it is it's yeah. Devontae Smith over. Take take him on the yards. I don't know what the line is. I haven't checked yet. Um please somebody definitely become more of a degenerate gambler. But yeah, Devontae Smith yards. I like it. So we got Devontae Smith yards. Pierre, what'd you have again? Dallas Goddard over on yardage. If you look at tight ends versus the Cowboys this year, and I have the stats pulled up right here, 32 receptions, 322 yards, four touchdowns, 10 yards per catch. 
Weren't the Rams is, bad against tight ends too? Yes, the Rams are the worst team in football. Yeah, and and Dallas had like a hundred yeah. something yards on them. Like, so this is a team that's close to close to a Rams type of setup. So. Their linebackers, their linebackers are hashtag not good. Not good. <laughs> LVE got injured again. <laughs> but Nick they do my linebacker actually. Nick Padman, dude. Um, I, man, bad podcasting, but I forget his name. Marquis Bell. Yeah, former safety, right? Um, converted to linebacker, he's playing pretty well. I I always love those types of players. The the converted safety to linebacker. If you can make it work, it's sick. If it doesn't, it looks like Nate Gary. All right, so we'll leave it there. Jacoby Stevens. One more, one more, one more prop. Take the over on deck interceptions. Ooh, really? The Kevin Byard, the Kevin Byard or Elias Ricks interception is going to hit like gas. I uh, feel it. Byard Byard is gonna get one soon because last week he played every snap, but the timing he almost had one last week. Yeah, the timing, the spacing in defense after playing together for two days is tough. What'd you say? So did Bradbury if you catch the damn I know, I know. Bradbury's always had brick hands though. But um Byard with another week in the system, I think that's a great pick, Pierre. I think that's a great pick. Um don't put it in a parlay though, because that could be dangerous, and that would make you pull your hair out. Oh, my God, yeah, betting on interceptions is crazy. Dude, I bet on three pointers yesterday with Joe and Maxi, who usually make at least two. The only six didn't make a single three. The only sixer I touch on three pointers is Tobias, and that's only because it's at one point five almost every night. Well, Joe, Joe was at one point five, and Maxi was at one point five too. So I was like, well, Joe was at point five. I took one point five because I was like, Joe loves to shoot the three. That man's lazy. He loves it. But this game, he decides to get his ass in the paint, start passing the ball out, whatever. I know we're going over. We're in an hour and 13 minutes. But, yo, one more, wait, wait, one more point on the Sixers, bro. Nick Nurse got the boys looking right. I'm hey, hey, are y'all back in? Are y'all back in? Because I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a yearly. I'm a yearly. I'm back in, guys. I'm watching games. I'm Let's go, games. bro. We are Let's back. Go, we are bro. back. We're all going to be heartbroken it. together. Let's let go, bro. again. Let's since get the it. Man, since the fat man is gone, I'm, I'm back in. I'm fired up, bro. Hey, I'm also, we're over on the podcast, but can we talk about those comments, bro? You just led the NBA in assists, and you're going to be like, oh, I'm Bro side up there. Bro side up there. He literally lied and contradicted himself. Over. Like, you say, over. I'm here to you win. Say, but you, I'm say, you say you're here to win, and you want to win a championship at all costs yet you're complaining about oh i'm the system i don't have basically you're saying you don't have to sacrifice like whatever i'm sorry whatever. you have to play next to the mvp dog are you serious like how do you know how much of an idiot you have to be to complain about playing next to the best player in the league amen amen at least what he's not team anymore man what did chris Bussard say <laughs> Yeah, but um, this Cowboys League, <laughs> this Cowboys League. He said, um, "Yeah, um, I'm not gonna say it's, it, but it's yeah, I'm not gonna say it." But it's been a good pod, um, as always on the podcast. Hey, watch this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> on whichever podcast streaming platform you listen, um, be sure to leave us a like and a review. Uh, go Birds, Dallas, we Bird. hate you. Go Birds, we're out. <laughs>